This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. everybody Jerry Taggart here now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information come on you foxes Hello fellow Fox fans, how are we doing? Welcome along, it's the preview show and you, you are watching it. Leicester Till I Die TV. And it's live. Well, I think I'm alive. I looked in the mirror and I, I moved, so I guess I'm alive. <laughs> how are we doing? We've got this coming up on Wednesday. Indeed we have. Uh, it's a small matter of the cup. Yes, it is. FA Cup time is back and it's a home tie against Brighton at the King Power. And uh, we kick off at 7.30pm. Uh, so it's a home game. Not that that makes a lot of difference, of course, this season. Uh, this Wednesday, and we are hosting Brighton and Hove Albion. It is available on BT Sport 2 HD, should you have that platform. If not, you can tune in on TalkSport 2 lcfc.com 
or BBC Radio Leicester. And talking of tuning in, let me tune in my chat chum Craig for the preview game and say good evening, Craig. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? I'm not so bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. As you can see, I'm sporting the uh, the lockdown shave or unshaven look for the day. Thought I'd mix it up a bit. Trying to uh, not as not as uh, mature and handsome as you, obviously, Chris. But you know, we don't <laughs> I, I know that would be so difficult to achieve. You, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't know whether you were unshaven or still suffering from a party hangover from your birthday last week. Well, I, that, that was very good, but uh, obviously that all disappeared uh, watching Leicester Wolves the other day. So um, all sorts of parking disappeared during that um, soporific uh, display. You you are not saying that you fell asleep, are you? No, definitely not, unlike uh, a couple of our players. <laughs> Let's uh, say hello to a couple of people. Brett Ahern, good evening, Brett. How the devil Hi, are you, sir? Thank you for joining us. And Facebook user, hello, Chris and Craig. All we can say is hello, Facebook users. Hello. We don't know who you are. We don't. The mysterious don't. probably Brendan again. Yeah, <laughs> well, I did tell you he tunes in. Remember, if you want to watch us, we are here. We are up. Oh, that's the podcast. We are on YouTube, and uh, that's Leicester Till I Die TV, Periscope, and Twitter at Leicester TID, and Facebook, which is Leicester Till I Die the group. If you are on YouTube or you are on Twitter, it will bring your details up. If you're on Facebook, like you just saw, it just says your Facebook user, unless you log in via StreamYard. No registration, no fee, just log in on the uh, link in the Facebook group. And if you are watching us on YouTube, please just do that. little subtle hint there. Give us a subscribe. Isn't that subtle enough, Craig? You do subtlety so well, Chris. I do, don't I? In fact, I, I could even be more subtle if you want me to. And there you go. Oh, wow. How subtle Very is that? <laughs> we we get more subtle as the evening goes along. Um, it's me, Chandel Dave. Hello, Chandel Dave. Hi, now Chandel we know. Dave. Good evening, sir. Stick your name at the end of the comments, then we can just give you a call out and uh, we, we can have uh, proper conversations. Talking about having proper conversations, I am about to welcome in uh, a special guest this evening. Uh, wasn't sure whether he would be able to make it or not, but I'm so glad he is. For those of us of a certain age, you remember this guy flying down the wing or swimming in the match uh, on the pitch, whichever you prefer. Let's say good evening and welcome in Steve Linex. Good evening, Steve. Good evening. Hi, Steve. Hi, Craig, Steve, Steve, Craig. I'm good. I did my introductions. <laughs> How, are you How are you doing, Steve? I'm fine, thanks, mate. Good, 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 good. Um, let's just see. There's another um, evening, guys. Here from uh, has Brad taken his chill pill yet? <laughs> For those of you that is that, I don't know if that's Rob that's mentioned that, but Rob mentioned that it was a very difficult week coming up for Leicester, and it could be season defining and. Um, and Brad on the post-match sort of let off steam a little bit, shall we say? Steve, let's start with yourself. Looking forward to the game? I am, mate. To be honest, yeah. Um, I think everything's, you know, going fine. I think so far. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's, there's only Man City you've got to worry about at the moment because they're running away with it. But everybody else yeah. seems to be treating each other. 
So really, you know, things looking right. They do, Craig. I mean, our, our, I mean, like you say, it was a bit of a board draw, wasn't it, the other day? But Man City four, Liverpool. Well, Liverpool won Man City four to put it the right way round. It went all right for us, didn't it? It's funny, isn't it, when uh, when we're happy about Liverpool getting beat because it keeps them below us. Um, I think I think at the minute it's that kind of thing where you, you're taking more of an interest in another team's results to try and start seeing a little bit of a gap um, appear. You know, it would be nice if if a couple of those would uh, just disappear. You know, the ones with games in hand, Everton, West Ham, even Villa. You know, who are doing pretty well this season. But uh, I think it's going to be. Um, pretty much carry on as we have the rest of the season. I think people will take points off each other. It's, it's very difficult for apart, people apart from Man City to seem to string two or three results together. I mean, this is what set, set um, Brad off, uh, Steve. Over the next sort of week, we've got Brighton tonight. Uh, Brighton tonight, sorry. Brighton on Wednesday, FA Cup. Liverpool uh, on um, Sunday in the league, and then Slavia Prague in the Europa League. It could all go wrong, but obviously you can say that any week. But it is a very important week still, though, isn't it? I think it is, and you know, I don't want to upset anyone by saying that you should just concentrate on one trophy. I think you know, you're in all the competitions. I think you should, you know, go for the lot. Yeah, um, I've got to ask you this, Steve, because as an ex-player, because all the ex-players always come out and go, no, we only take one game at a time. You know, we only think about the next game. Is, is that actually true, or, or do, are you thinking two or three games ahead? I think, to be honest, like uh, it's hard for me really because there wasn't so many competitions when we were in the game. But I'm I'm sick of hearing, to be honest. Oh, we only take one game at a time, because I think they will tell Paul. Because I think you know, every club thinks about games previous and cup matches coming up. Yeah. And like I say, you know, the FA Cup special. I'd, I'd be looking forward to that, as well as you know the the league. Yeah. A quick question before I come to Craig, because uh, Rob's just asked this. Um, Steve, did you ever do the one lip sandhills back in the day? I did, mate. I did. And I tell you what, they, they could do with them again now. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did. That's why they were so bad, eh, Craig? <laughs> Against Wolves. Oh, maybe. Maybe they'd been up there running uh, running the night before. Um, I think it's, it's true what Steve says there about um, taking one game uh, at a time. If that was the case, they wouldn't rotate, would they? They'd just be looking to win the next game you know they rotate this squad because they know they've got games coming up so they have to plan ahead now um i'm sure back in the day it wasn't so much of a problem uh in steve so i'm not not saying that you're an old dinosaur type steve but you know mm -hmm. me and chris, uh, me and chris me and chris uh fulfill that brief mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but uh you know back in the day you know i think you only you only had one club um there wasn't so many games you know, you were you were the squad. Now they have a handful of uh, players who they've got to somehow keep interested, keep motivated. So the only way you can do that is by rotating the squad a little bit, and that's because you, you know you've got so many games coming up. So uh, yeah, you concentrate on the game in hand when you walk on the pitch. Before that, you can't help but look ahead. And the thing that confuses me, to be honest, is in, is with these squad uh, squad and rotations and that. Every club seems to have a big squad, 
but you never get to see the players in the squad. You never get to see uh, more than two or three changes. You never get to see more than two or three new faces. And most of the clubs now have got big squads. They're loaning all the players out. And I can't understand why they're saying, oh, we haven't got enough players and things like that. But if you've got a big squad, you've got it for a reason. And I think you've got to, you know, when things are not going right or you want to change something, I think you should do it whole. You should get more players involved because I bet there's players in Leicester City squad that, you know, never get a first-team game. But they're in a squad and you, I can't understand no, I why that happens. I think Chelsea in particular, they, they, they just sold somebody, uh, I think, in the January window who'd been out on loan for three years. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Didn't Chelsea at one point, um, I don't know if either of you know this, actually have more players out on loan than they actually had <laughs> in the squad or, or what they needed for the Premier League squad? I think Chelsea, Chelsea were the prime prime uh, suspects for that. I suppose, Steve, looking at that and... If you make too many changes and bring too many of the not regular starters, for want of a better word, we can't call you know, don't have reserves as such now in, and we lose a la Newport last, you know, a couple of seasons ago, um, you, you then, you're then up for criticism, aren't you? You know, we're, we're as fans that go, what are you doing? You know, yes, make a couple of changes, but you know, well, you make eight, nine changes and Newport beat us. I think you've got to look at a bigger picture. Uh, you, you know, when Vardy was out, everybody's saying that we've got nobody to, to put in. But when your main player's out and your players are used to playing to a system and the way he plays, you're not only losing Vardy, but you're losing some of the potential of the players that play week in, week out because they're having to take an extra touch and not playing the ball that they would do if Vardy was playing. So it affects more than just the one player being out. It affects all the others in the team. Yeah. And I think, no, you need to get if it's a squad they'll be training together they know each other's play so you know i think more players should be involved if they've got them in the squad why not use them because to me it's just a waste of money if you don't well i'll tell you something when we do this preview show craig always puts brendan's hat on and he may put other clothes on we don't go into it but he puts brendan's hat on and he picks what he thinks the team is going to be so later on we may see if um craig thinks brendan will go for a couple of youngsters uh, this week craig though we are literally one game off a quarter final again for the second year running we are and uh you know the games are coming thick and fast and you know it only seems like we were playing in the in the third round and now here we are, and, and we would have taken this draw. You know, when the draw was made and everybody looked at what we had again, I still thought that was a little bit weird that they were doing fourth and fifth round at the same time. But, you know, everybody would have taken Brighton at home. You know, since then, Brighton have, uh, have showed a little bit of form and had a couple of really good results. Great win away at Liverpool. Um, so I think it's going to be probably a little bit more of a difficult um, tie than we probably first thought of a couple of weeks ago when the draw was made. Hmm. I mean, Stephen, good evening, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. He said there, Chelsea have 37 players out on loan. It, it's scary, really, isn't it? It's, it's very scary. Yeah. Very, very scary, you know, because, you know, you don't see them 37 players play, ever playing for Chelsea. And then when something, a bit of a crisis starts again, you know, you're buying more players again. 
And I, look, to me, I can't understand what happens. I can't understand why they do that. Funny thing is, Steve, you got you got Frank Lampard in as manager. He had to play the youngsters because he couldn't go out and buy anybody. They had a reasonable season. Well, very good season, in fairness to them. Uh, they probably overachieved. Then he was able to go out and buy because they lifted the transfer window and he struggled. I mean, surely that kind of says it all, really. I think um, that's down to the pressure from what he's getting from above. Of course. Because to me, um, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to foreign players and things like that, but it was a breath of fresh air of Frank Lampard getting in the youngsters, especially the English lads and whatever. Yep. And it, it was nice to see. And, um, you know, he's, he's lost his job through it, but you've got to think of the lads now that were playing for him. Will they, will they ever get back in the team? This is it, isn't it, uh, Craig? Like you say, I mean, you know, let's not forget, Muzzy, is it? You know, he he never, oh, well, I don't, he may have seen the Chelsea first team, and it, this was sort of obviously years ago, but as a prime example, that's the sort of pool of talent that some of these bigger teams have and don't take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think we touched on this uh, a few weeks ago when... Um, we were talking about whether there should be a bailout of the, the lower divisions. And I do feel like the uh, the big clubs do have a, a responsibility to those clubs uh, in the lower divisions because at the end of it, as you said, Chelsea have got 37 players out on loan. I would imagine, let's say, 35 of those 37 players are going to end up further down the league if they manage to stay in professional football. So they do have a responsibility to make sure that there's somewhere for these players to go. They take them on in huge numbers, you know, build their dreams up, ship them out on loan, knowing full well that when the time comes, they're just going to ditch the majority of them. I think uh, I think it needs looking at, to be honest, whether it, it's uh, a limitation on the size of the squad. Um, but for me, as, as you touched on before, if there's a squad at the start of the season, a squad of 24 players, whatever it is, I mean, you could even make an argument for scrapping the January transfer window and say, what you start the season with, that's your squad. Tough. I think we did this season, didn't we? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, this, I mean, so far, this, this is about getting back onto the, the Brighton uh, uh, game. I mean, we... Um, we, we started off with a 4-0 win over Stoke, uh, eventually coming out 3-1 winners over Brentford. Brighton, they had a bit of difficulty getting past Newport as well, um, only going through on penalties there. Um, and, of course, they beat Blackpool in the last round to, to set the draw up against us. Do you as a player, or did you as a player, ever, so when the draw was being pulled out, want to get a lower league team to make it easier? And that's no disrespect to the lower league teams. Uh, not really, no, because, you know, where you could shoot yourself in the foot, um, you know, because some of those games will be harder than, you know, the ones you, you're playing now because you've got not so much nowadays. Well, it probably isn't nowadays. You've got the pitch levelers, you've got the, you know, the, the stalls of play. And uh, it, the FI Cup is something special. I think whoever performs or turns up on the day, no matter what team you play, yeah, if they've got the more desire and whatever than they want to win, that's how it goes sometimes. Well, most of the time. I, I, I can remember a few years ago being in the quarterfinals and watching the draw, and there was a certain uh, low, only one lower league team left in it, a certain Wickham Wanderers, 
And I thought, wouldn't a fantastic draw be if we got a home leg against Wickham Wanderers? We did, and we all know we all know what happened. So it's, it's a case of be careful what you wish for. But uh, earlier in the season, Craig, we've obviously already played Brighton once. A pretty easy win for us there, a 3 0 win back in December. Took us up to third, and Vardy equaled Muzzy Zitz, talking of Muzzy Zitz, league uh, premier appearances. Yeah, I think as you can see, the game was over at half time, and I think we just sort of managed the game. In, in the second half. I think that was when Brighton were going through a bit of a tough period. I think they had a few players. He wasn't really settled on his squad at, at, the, at the time. And we, we turned up, and you know, as we can do on any day, you know, any given day, if we turn up and, and put in the performance, we can beat anybody. We know that. We've already done it. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't expect such a uh, such a, an easy win this time around, to be honest. But having said that, we don't know what Brighton are going to do. I mean, Brighton have managed to put a little bit of a gap between them and the uh, the bottom three. But this this league this season it can turn on a sixpence. So I would think that they were still looking to ensure that they are pretty safe in the Premier League. So he he may make a couple of changes as well. I mean, I, I did um, an opposition view uh, written questions for the website lestertillidie.com, and I said to the Brighton fan uh, Steve. You know, FA Cup run or Premier League survival? And I mean, naturally, they went for Premier League survival. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we all probably would do. But when you look at that, like Craig just said, I mean, I know they're down there in 15th, but they're sort of 10 points um, off the bottom three. I think, you know, that as long as they don't implode, they're going to be safe anyway, aren't they? I think a lot of clubs that are down the bottom and the ones that, you know, are thinking they're going to get relegated all the time, I don't think, you know, it's going to bother them too much, to be honest, because if the money, they'll go down, you look at Norwich and you look at the players, the teams that's gone down, they're still getting the same gates in the championship, the top of the league and whatever, they'll be coming back up, they'll be getting more money for it. So, you know, it might bother some of the players, but I don't think it'll bother the you know the people who are in the clubs and that because they'll look at it as oh, we're going back down for a season, we're still going to get the same crowds, we're not going to be having the same wages as we did, but then when we go up, we'll have more money, and I think that's why a lot of clubs are surviving as long as they have now in the Premiership because you know you've got that that bit. Greg, you. I've just, we just saw the table there. I mean, just to sort of bring it up again. I mean, on paper, and I know this season is the most unpaper-like season you could have because nobody could, you know, predict half of what uh, the results were this season. But, you know, you look at that in a normal season, you go Leicester third, Brighton 15th, it should be a Leicester win. But league, league, league form doesn't really have any effect on the FA Cup game, does it? Because of all the changes? Uh, not at all, and and I mean you can look at that uh, that table there, and Wolves are two points ahead of Brighton. Now you can't say that that was an easy game that we had against Wolves. So um, I think that the table sort of doesn't always tell the truth. And as you say, on a, on an FA Cup day, as, as Steve touched on earlier, it's the team that turns up with the right attitude really um, when you walk on the pitch. And I think it's important to have the attitude from the off. We've, we've been lucky in some other games where we've managed to turn things around mm. when we haven't started strong. But I think it's really important to 
to start the game strong and, and set the tempo ourselves. I don't think we did that against Wolves. I think we let them set the tempo. And I think we play better when we play on the front foot. We play quicker. So I think uh, we need to do that against Brighton. Steve, I mean, Craig alluded to this earlier. I mean, you know, looking at the form, Brighton are in a nice run of form at the moment. Three wins, two draws, haven't lost in five. You know, and, and they beat Liverpool in there as well. And, you know, as isn't bad, but, you know, we just can't take them lightly. We've got, we've got to go in this and, and treat it seriously, haven't we? You've got to treat it as though Brighton are top of the league. I think that's, you know, you've got to go with that uh, mentality. And um, I'm a firm believer, if you play your style and you play the way you want to play, you shouldn't be changing your team to suit the opposition. You shouldn't be um, looking at changing formations and things like that because I think it confuses things and um, you, you, you lose your rhythm. So, yeah. you know, Leicester should go now to the Brighton game. He's right, we're going to play our style, we're going to go out, we're going to attack him from the off. And then you can make your changes when you're two or three up and the game's won. But I think a lot of the time now, the swapping and the changing systems and, and whatever, just to see who, who you're playing, I think, you know, that's that's when the trouble starts. Mm -hmm. we, we, we've said that ourselves, haven't we? I mean, I can remember um, when we first came up under Nigel Pearson, Craig, we, we, we started off quite well and then, you know, the season before when we won the when we won the championship, you could predict what the team was going to be four or five weeks in advance, and then Pearson went to changing it every every week, and, and exactly what Steve said there, nobody knew what they were doing. Brendan yeah. has got into a, a a pattern of he goes for the same formation, he does just maybe change the players, but. It's almost like, I mean, with as many games as we are playing now, which is to a week for the foreseeable future, if we progress in, in the two cup competitions we're still in, do you, do you start with the, the, the strongest team? Rob said before, start with your strongest team, as Steve has just said, and then make changes, or do you make changes and then bring on the, the strongest players if needed? For me, I think you, you have to pick a team that you think can win you the game. You know, and that may be that you make a few changes because we're the best will in the world. If we went and played our first team, ended up with two more injuries. Vardy got a knock in the game. Ndidi got played and got a knock in the game. People would be complaining and saying, why didn't you make some changes? So I don't think you can necessarily win. I think what you should do, again, alluding to what Steve said, is believe in the ability of your own players, the formation that the team should be playing all the way through the system now from the youth team, they should be playing the same system so players can drop in. They all know what their job is. And you pick a team that you think can win. For me, you have, you know, your, your big boys on the bench and uh, if you need them. You know, we've seen that, that uh, Brenda's not afraid to make any changes. I think sometimes he still does it with a bit of an inferiority complex. I was disappointed to hear what he said about the reasons that he brought Albrighton on against um, uh, Wolves. It was to negate their wing-backs rather than co cause problems of our own, which under would have probably caused more problems. And then the, the, the wing-back has to think whether he makes the same runs. But, he, but he, went, uh, he went defensive on that. So I think sometimes Brendan has a, a little bit of that inferiority complex and probably doesn't believe in his players as much as we do. Well, we're going to have a look. And we're going to, before we look at your team, Craig, we're going to... Um... 
go for the score predictions. Now, Steve hadn't had a chance to reply to me when when I did this graphic earlier. So, so some some people out there work, don't they, Steve? Not like you. They do, mate. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, but basically, we, and, and I'm sure Steve will give us this now, but Steve Walsh has gone for 3-1, Ian Marshall at 2-1. I've gone 2-0. Steve, last two games you've gone for the opposition. Are you going back with Leicester for this one? No, I'm going to keep on going with the opposition because I think it's doing Leicester a favour. <laughs> Excuse me. I'd rather be wrong on the prediction than Leicester to, to, to lose, to be honest. But um, I think it'll be penalties, I don't know. You think penalties? I think penalties, yeah. So, score, score what, 1-1 at full time and then penalties? I'd say 1-1 and then Leicester win on penalties. Ooh, that you, you see, you, you, know, you know I've got a bad heart, don't you? You know I've got <laughs> these three, two, and penalty shootouts. I can't, I can't be standing. That's enjoyment. Now Craig usually goes for three-one. Are you? I always, go, I always go for a three-one, apart from when I don't. <laughs> yeah. But would anybody go? Would anybody go for their two nils, three ones if Leicester were playing their strongest team? I think you're making predictions and when you don't know the team. But it, I think, is you know, it is that's, very that's hard. It is, it's easy with the league games because you know he's probably going to put his strongest team out. Yeah, but like you say, to me, the FA Cup, it's, it's like the league. You know, the, the only thing that I wouldn't be worried about, and I'm not disappointed and upset for your proof, is the Europa League. You know, if you're going to make the changes, make it for the Europa League because, to be honest, you know, what is the Europa League? Craig, we've not got a prediction out of you yet. No, I was hoping that you might pass me by, to be honest, on this one. I, I, <laughs> it could go anyway, depending on, on as I say, on, on what team we're going to put out, what team they're going to put out. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0. A 2-0. To, to Leicester? Yes, yeah. Right, well, let's... Um, what we're going to do now then, Steve, we're going to go through the team with Craig... And you can agree or disagree with <laughs> with his uh, with his. You're under pressure, really. Are under pressure now, Craig. <laughs> this is the first time he's had an expert that can. Uh, will we be? Will we be on the way to Wembley? Are we going to be on the way to Wembley with this team? That is the question. Well, I've just gone for a two 0 so uh, hopefully. Right, Craig. So, goalkeeper. Um. So I I think. I think I think if you listen to the clues that Brendan has um, has put out there, then I think he's going to be making a few changes this time. He he, he seemed very um, very forthright in saying that we will have a strong squad. That to me says it won't be necessarily a strong team, um, based on on you know the the players that we think he will play. Um, so um, I. I before you start, Craig, sorry, let me ask you both this question then. Do you think he would go with a stronger squad for the Cup game if we were playing, let's say, Fulham at the weekend rather than Liverpool? There were only three points behind us, but one goal better off goal difference. I think probably, because I think he will have in his mind that the importance of the Liverpool game is to not get beat. I think he will go. As I say, I think he has this sort of sometimes inferiority complex and doesn't necessarily believe in us. I think his aim 
for that Liverpool game will be if we keep the same gap at the end of the 90 minutes as we started, he'd be very happy with that. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be keeping his, uh, his guns back. Do you agree with that, Steve? Um, I don't agree with playing a weakened team. Like I said, I'd be, uh, you know, hypocritical if I said anything to it now. I think you should go with the strongest team, get the game over. Because you build up a momentum, you build up confidence, you build up styles of play. And I think, you know, changing it for the Liverpool game, I think, it, you know, you might make it harder for yourselves because your rhythm will be gone, you won't know what you're doing. I think the more you play your same, your strongest team and your system, you know, you look at Sheffield United last year, they never made no changes. They played their same way. They had a cracking season. Leeds yeah. United do the same. Wolves. Wolves have to change how they play now because they haven't got their striker mm. and they haven't got one of the centre off. So they're changing their style. Look at the miss there. And I think, you know, if you're going to take each game as it comes, you, you know, win it. You want to win it. You want to win it. You want to win it. And that's how I look at it, to be honest. Craig's looking very nervous now that he's got to announce his team. <laughs> Let's just dive in, Craig. And, uh... Let's do it. Let's do it. And then hide you under the table when you wait for Steve's, Steve's thoughts on it. So we, we go goalkeeper and back four. Yeah, we, we're sticking with four one four one. I, I don't see any any reason to change a formation. Um, and I think he'll I think he'll go with Schmeichel. I think he'll have experience dotted around the team with a, a couple of changes. To be honest, right. so I think it'll be Schmeichel. I think the two centre halves. I think he'll bring in a Marty for Evans uh, and Soyuncu. I think only because, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he played Evans, but I think he might play Marty just because, you know, Evans had this issue with his foot and uh, and his toenail. I think I think going into the Liverpool, I think he, he can't help but th think of Liverpool from a, a defensive point of view. And I think if Evans was out, um, I think he'd be a bigger miss against uh, Liverpool than he would be against Brighton. So I'll have, uh, I think, uh, uh, Marty and Soyuncu will be the two centre-halves. And, and you, you say Schmeichel rather than Ward, but Ward tends to be his yeah. go-to goalkeeper for cup games, doesn't it? Well, he was, but he played uh, he played Schmeichel against Stoke. He only changed it in the last game against Brentford. So, um, so I, I think he may go back. I think, as you say, I think a bit of experience to help some of the younger players along because he has said that the younger players will be involved. So, uh, so I think Schmeichel will be in there. And just very quickly, just going to put this in because if I don't keep her happy, I, 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 she makes my life hell. My daughter, hello, your biggest fan, just checking in to say hi. Hello, Heather. Mm. Oh, is that a message for you, Chris? I, sorry, I thought it was a message for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't know, but if you yeah. have to, Heather, I'm going to have to have a word with you, Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the the two, the, the, the right and left back. I think uh, I think JJ will keep his spot. I, I did toy with bringing Thomas in, but I think JJ's in such great form, um, and and he gives you something extra. I think you know the the goal he scored against Fulham was just uh, fantastic. The way that he goes and gets forward in support. So and he's a young he's a young fit guy. You know I don't think there's any need to to rest him. But I think on the other side, I think he'll play Albrighton instead of Ricardo to add a little bit more experience. 
I mean, I, I always get scared with O'Brien as a natural all-out defender. I think he's always got a penalty in him in the, when, he, when he's defending in the box. To be honest, if you looked across that back line at uh, Albrighton and Martin Soyuncu, there's three penalties waiting there. <laughs> in fairness, that's probably very true. What, what, what do you think of that so far, Steve? Would you would you agree with Albrighton there at right back, or would you stick with Piera? I wouldn't play Albrighton there at right back. No. Um, and I think we're going back onto what we've just said. If you're putting players in to play them in different positions, then you're weakening your your game straight away. Now. You go on about opposition wing-backs and opposition wingers attacking you. If you've got your full team out and you're going full blazes the other way, then you'll be saying to them, well, they've got to defend. And I think, you know, you, you're already starting to go to Brighton with a defensive mind set up yeah. by changing what you're doing. I kind of, I think looking further into the team, I can kind of see where Craig's coming from down that side. But let's... Let's go centre midfield. That is, I might want to ask you a question on this. Who have you got as our defensive midfielder, Craig? I'd, I'd put Ndidi in there. I, I think he's the he's the sort of defensive glue that knits, knits that together. I mean, he's said that he'll be available for the game. So, for me, you, you play him and you get him up to match fitness ready for Liverpool. But, Steve, to play devil's advocate there, he wasn't even in the squad um, at the weekend against Wolves. Is this the game to bring him back into? I mean, if, if, and I know it's a risk, and you've got to take risks sometimes. Put him on for this, gets injured again, or, 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 or you know, has to come off. We need him more for Liverpool, don't we? You're, you're saying that, but are you guaranteed to beat Liverpool? You know what I mean. You're trying to, you, you know, you're trying to protect players and save players for that game. But does that still mean that you're going to beat Liverpool? And I'm in a predicament here when people say we're paying uh, defensive midfield players. The way teams play now, they say you know, play banks of four, banks of five, and they always play in front of you. So really, I can't understand what a defensive midfield player does because the ball's always in front of him. Mm. My old, my old thinking of that is like you know, you, you Roy Keynes and your Soonesses. They saw the danger. They saw the men running. They pick them up, but you don't get many people running now because it's a it's a passing possession game, and yeah. I feel that the whole your back four, the whole your, your your midfield four or five, they're all defensive midfield players. So the role of a defensive midfield player, centre one, I, I can't see what it is to be honest. I might be wrong, you know. It's it's, it's yeah. the modern game, but the games are watching. The games are watching the TV, the Premiership, everything. It's all played in front of you. There's not many players that will go through you or run through you now. You know, you, you've got Liverpool do it as a front three, but they don't do it as a mid, midfield four. They play everything in front of you. I mean, I have to I have to agree um, to a certain extent there, Steve. I mean, I do. I hate the phrase defensive midfielder to me, but then we grew up watching a different football. You were a midfielder and, and that was it. You weren't an attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder. You were a midfielder and you were expected to get box to box, side to side. And I think we're in the almost like the, the FIFA computer game generation where these positions have almost been created. I don't think anybody talked about a defensive mid until FIFA came along. And then all of a sudden, that, that, that was a name given to a position. Um, so for me, you, you've, got to, you've got to be able to get around the pitch if you're a midfielder. But for the, uh, for the scope of this, I've called him a defensive mid. 
I, I always think I always like you say good point that Craig, but I, and I said defensive midfielder because that's how it comes up when when I'm looking at doing the plans on on the computer and you putting the team in it says DM for defensive midfielder. But uh, I must admit personally, I agree with the guy earlier that said I'd, for me I'd possibly go Mendy there and put and save Indeedy for for the Liverpool game. Uh, the proper midfield. Let's talk proper midfield and across the four. Well, who have you got there then, Craig? Well, um, I've got Tealmans in there because again, I, I think Tealmans is is Rogers sort of general on the pitch. You see him sort of dictating, pointing a lot more, telling players where to go. He looks like he's the guy that um, that that Rogers uh, trusts on the pitch. I think he would like to maybe give him a rest now and again, but he, if, if he's fit, he tends to play. So um, so I think Tielemans will be in there. I think Barnes will be on the left. Where I've changed it a little bit, again, because I think he's said that he's going to switch it a little bit. I think he's going to give one of the youngsters a run in the middle of midfield. And I think he's going to bring in uh, young Leshebella in there uh, and keep Madison on the bench. And I think... That's probably why Tielemans is in there as well for me, I think, to, to help the guy through. So I think I'm going to go with uh, him there. And this is, the main reason that I was playing on um, All Brighton on the right was because I think he should play under. I think this is a perfect game for, uh, for under to come in. And he's talked already about his lack of defensive um, mentality, his lack of defensive thought. So I think with somebody like Albrighton to actually sort of help him through the game, who's who's more likely to to think defensively. I know you were talking, Steve, saying that puts a defensive mindset. But I think when you've got Ricardo or JJ there, they're looking to bomb forward, and I think that that puts the pressure on Under to actually do a bit more defensive work. So I think with Albrighton there, I think Under will have a bit more of a free reign. Steve. Um... Are you asking under, under to change his style of play now to suit suit a game? Where if you're going to pick not him, for this one, pick, not, not, not for this one. I think it should go. You want to pick him for his strengths. He's not very good at defending, and then you know that's that's one weakness straight away. So it, it, it's it's rounds rounds and roundabouts. You know you look for the positives, but there's there's also two or three negatives. So yeah, I'm, I'm still saying play your strongest team. All we're missing, guys, really, is a three pints of beer, isn't it? Because we could be down the pub here. <laughs> you've got you've got three people all talking about the same team, all having different opinions, and that's that is the, that's what we love about football, isn't it? That, well, would you would you rather go to the FA Cup in the first round or the quarterfinals or the semis? Oh, personally, um, I want I want to win every game, so I would want to go as far as I can and the. So why, why would you weaken your team as you're going further into the competition? I think if Rogers is worried about things like this, he should be looking at the early stages of Europe, the early stages of the FA Cup. I will play the kids, I will make my changes, I will do that because, you know, that's at the early stages. Now you've got a, a chance of getting further and further into the competition. Why, why weaken your team? But we've also talked about the fact that, that we, we have a squad and that squad should be good enough to, to play games. And there may be opportunity or 
games where you actually need these players and to to actually stick with the same 11 almost week after week and these sort of French players get no pitch time, isn't that some kind of danger that they could be thrown into a game where, you know, they're, they're sort of out of their depth a little bit? It's, it's a balancing act, isn't it? I think uh, what you've just said there is you, you're playing in, in games where you, where you feel it's weaker. So really, they're not going to get you stronger because you're playing against a weaker team. Now, you want to start throwing your players in against the stronger teams and see how they are, see how they react. Because, again, it's down to attitude. If you've got a, a young squad member that's hungry, I think you'll get a better game out of him playing against the Liverpool and the Man City than you would against... You know the, the the lower teams. Yeah. So I think the only the only time you're going to get better is if you're playing with stronger games. I think giving your squad players matches in games that you think are going to be easy, I think it it, it you know it, it defeats the object. I think. I think sometimes it's disappointing. Sorry, sorry, I think it's sometimes disappointing when those players not not necessarily start but don't get time during the game. So for instance. Against Wolves, I think it would have been a perfect opportunity to, for under to have 20, 25 minutes to show what he could do against somebody who plays with the wing-back. But again, he took a defensive viewpoint of that, and that, for me, that was disappointing. I think two points that I, I, I'd throw in there. One is, I think, for players like under the Spala and those players that are coming through or those players that aren't quite a starting first choice for the first team, we used to have the reserve team. And they'd get regular football in there so that when they were called upon, they were ready. There's nothing now between the under-23s and the first team. So, you know, players can sit there. You know, Ward, for example, in goal, I don't know when he gets a game unless he's picked with the odd cup game here and there. And, of course, there was Arsenal with Arsene Wenger. He used to pick the young... You know, he had a full team of youngsters for every round of the cup until it got to the semis. And then he dropped them all and put the, the first teamers in, didn't he? I think if you're going back to your squad, talking about your squads again, I bet there's players in Leicester squad like in every other club that's been in the squad for two or three seasons mm. and they still haven't got a game. Now, will it be the same again for them next year? Will they be in the same predicament? They'll be a squad player this year, but can you see them playing any big games next season? Mm. And I think that's where a lot of clubs are not getting any stronger because you're keeping players in the squad you know, that don't get to play for three or four years, but then they're still not considered to be good enough the following season. Yeah. So I think you've got to start giving players game time. Okay, they might have a bad game, but if they have a bad game, you try them the next game. I don't think it's fair on a player and fair on a club if you just put a player in for one game. If he has a great game, he's not guaranteed to play against Liverpool. And I it's think that's, that's that, you know, that's that's a problem you need to get over. Yeah, it's a good point. And Facebook user here, we should remember that we have lost three FA Cup finals. I think it's four, isn't it? We've lost. Four, yeah. But two semi-finals and one quarter-final game. We should go to the game with strong teams to get to quarter-finals. Um, and also, just quickly before moving on to your striker, Rob here says there may be an appearance clause on the loan deal with Roma because he's not being used. I don't think there is. This has come up a few times, and I honestly just think... What has kept under out the squad is the resurgence of All Brighton this year. I don't think All Brighton was necessarily going to be a first choice starter. You know, he was sort of 
going to come on if needed, maybe because of you know his, his age and what have you. But I think he's he played so well. I'm, I'm hats off to the guy. He, you know, to me on that right wing, I haven't got a reason to drop him, and I think that's possibly why under isn't you know starting as many games. Why is, as, as why is he not starting for the last couple of games then? If he's in such a, a good run of form, and you drop him for no reason, and you play a player that's like. You know, not having a good time, fans are on his back, but and you persist to play him. You know, I don't, I, I, don't... I, agree. I agree. And I used to be Craig will tell you, I used to be a big fan of Perez as well, but he isn't performing at the moment. And when I've seen Perez picked for the last couple of games, I mean, when he was playing up front and he wasn't doing very well, um, we were sort of saying, you know, giving Acho a chance up front. I thought Perez was going to be out of the team, dropping all Brighton for Perez. Obviously, Brendan sees something. In Perez, that a lot of us can't. Well, it's not his uh, defending abilities, is it? So, <laughs> you know what I mean. You've got him playing in the team, and you're going to ask him to play in a role which he's playing more right-sided now. Yeah. You don't see him getting back and helping the fullback out. So you know, it's 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 a cash twenty-two, cash twenty-two question. But we need to know. Uh, last thing, Craig, um, is it going to be Jamie Vardy? Who, of course, when we played the Eagles. Had the famous eagle dance, you could say he could do it for the seagulls as well, couldn't you? You could indeed, and it does give you um, a good reason to to use that graphic, Chris. It does, um, yes, because you pick your team. You didn't think about the graphics I've got, did you? I, I know you'll have to let me know, mate. <laughs> um, I, 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 I honestly, I'm not sure which way he's going to go with this. I really don't. I. I think he'll. I think he'll start Ian Acho and Avardi on the bench again. To be honest, I I agree with that because again, I don't think Inacho has done that well. I think Vardy will come on again for you know maybe twenty you know thirty minutes uh, at the end of the game. Like you said before, Steve, you know we, we, Inacho scored. He had a good game last time. If you're going to keep dropping him, his confidence is going to be low. He hasn't done anything. Wrong in the last couple of games in Acho. In fact, he got man of the match uh, for one of them. Um, and Liverpool suits Vardy more than Brighton as well. It suits his style of play. They don't, you know, he likes to get behind, and Liverpool will give him the space to do that, where Brighton probably won't. That's it. You know, Brighton's a hard working team all over the pitch. You know, they, they're good at stopping situations, but they're also good at breaking all over the pitch. And yeah. I think that's the refreshing thing about it. You look at your top six, your Man City's, your Liverpool's, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, you know week in, week out, how they're going to play. Mm. And I think that's when the manager starts thinking, oh, I can do this, can do that, because he knows the style they play. I don't think you're going to know what style Brighton are going to play. They, they probably, same as Leicester, they want to get to the next round. Mm. So they might play their strongest team and they might, you know, they'll be coming at Leicester. Now, I think if Leicester start thinking... We're just going to put out a team which we think is going to win. I think you've got a, you know, a massive task on your hands. So, just to go back over that then, uh, Craig Schmeichel in goal. Um, oh, Brighton right back, which didn't go down very well in the studio. <laughs> Marty, Soyun Chu and JJ making, making up the back four. Uh, indeed, in midfield, under Thomas, Les Barla and Barnes and Inacho leading the line. He, a bit like you with your score prediction, Steve. 
Craig, I don't think have you got one dead on this this season yet. <laughs> you got one, got one right. You got one right. Same, same one as right. Steve then. Same as Steve with his. I'm goal. happy with that because Leicester keep on uh, winning, so I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> keep doing it, Steve. Keep doing oh, we'll it. We'll do. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> um, right, this is the point when um, we have a look ballot. Oh, sorry, there's just a quick uh, a quick comment here. Yeah, somebody's just saying there we have lost four finals. And I and I, I know we've lost four finals, and you'll see why in one second, and uh, we'll be back after this. This is Lester Till I Die TV. Please subscribe now on YouTube. It is four times because I've got I've got the graphic ready. This is Steve where Craig looked at a, he normally looks at a classic match and then asks a really, really, really mastermind-type question about it that we have to try and get right. And I invariably get... I'm, I'm as good at that as you are at predicting the score. <laughs> um, he, he does... Because it's the FA Cup and because we've got Brighton, I'll say, anyway, coming up, he uh, he's going to look at a classic FA Cup match that Leicester have played in. And there's the four that, unfortunately, we've lost. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Who knows this year? What match are you looking at, Craig? Well, to and be honest, to be honest, I would say that our esteemed guest would know a lot more about this game than uh, than either of us. Uh, so when it comes to the quiz question, I'm going to have to take Steve out of the equation. No, 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 no. Steve's on my <laughs> team for the quiz question. <laughs> and for me, for me, when you talk about classic FA Cup games at home, there is only one. And um, Steve, you know this very well. 6th of March, 1982, when you became a goalkeeper. That, that, that for me, is the classic FA Cup match that I've ever seen um, down at Filbert Street or the King Power. Leicester 5, Shrewsbury 2 with, uh, with the amazing Wallington, Young and Linex goalkeeping triumvirate. I mean, uh, what do you what do you remember about that game, Steve? Just tell the. the I, young I remember. I remember every minute of it. That game is embedded in into my skull. You know, um, the atmosphere and and there again, you know, it was two teams that wanted to win. Never say yeah. die. You know, Shrews became and they wanted to win it. We wanted to win it. It was end to end. It had everything in it, and I think because you had the two strongest teams with a good attitude and the history and the magic of the FA Cup. That's what made the game it was. Now, can you say now, against Brighton, against Leicester, and the way modern football goes, are you going to get that same excitement? Are you going to get the end-to-end -end stuff? Are you going to get keepers being nobbled? Are you going to get... You're not. You're going to get 11 static players paying two banks of fours and fives, passing the ball in front of them, saying, you have it when you've got it, we'll have it when we've got it. And to me... That's what's killing the game. Mm. I think, you know, you can get now, you can go on the street, you could pick a youngster out, you could put him on the pitch and you could ask him to do what other players do. But then you could go to a place where you've got a, a flair player. Like, you know, you, you go back only a few years, Townsend when he first came on the scene, Rashford when they first come on the scene. They were raw, they were going at people, they were doing what they'd done natural. And then all of a sudden they're told to stop doing that, play a different way. They go out the game for a bit lose a couple of years of what they were good at and it takes a long time to build back up and I think that's what's missing now in football in in 
not so much in the lower leagues because you get the, the teams trying, but in the Premiership, it's it's you've got to win, you can't lose, and you have to play the safe game all the time. Do you think I mean, if that game was played today, that it would still end up with eleven versus eleven on the pitch? If the game was played the way it is today. No, if the game, that game was played today, we wouldn't end up with 11 versus 11, would we? Oh, flipping it. No, you, you know, um, my son keeps showing me some clips of um, Graham Souness and that, you know, and you think, flipping it, the tattles he, you know, he's going through people and your Roy Keynes and that. And I feel that's what the game's missing, to be honest. It is for me. I might be old-timer, but you <laughs> used to go there, not so much for the results, but the cracking tattles and, you know, the, you know, the, the thing that lit you up. And now, to be honest, you know, you look at the games that build them up on Sky, you know, Man United and all this, it's going to be a cracking game and and you're so bored. You know, <laughs> I'll, sit, I'll sit and watch the paint. Oh, well. it's, uh, it's, it's a different world, isn't it? I mean, I had this conversation with my son all the time. So my son's 26. And so he's only sort of known modern football. And uh, it's a totally different game for, for when we grew up, when we watched it when you used to be able to tackle people. I know it does sound like we're all, again, we're all old dinosaurs, but, you know, it was a physical game back then. Now it's not a physical game anymore. It's a game of uh, of tactics and, uh, and ridiculous refereeing decisions of people throwing themselves on the floor whenever they feel the air brush against them. Um, well, I mean, going back... You look, you look at the Fulham game against uh, West Ham, you know, they're sending off there. What a ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. thing that is. You know, you've got to yeah. play a rolling round on the floor like he's been shot, and then two seconds later he's up going, oh, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with him. You know, uh, you, you'd, you'd have got beat up in our day if you'd have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I used to Did say you... the same uh, just on when you know, if I played Sunday Sunday football, and if you behave like that on a Sunday football, your own players would be, you know, kicking you while you were down, let alone uh, the opposition. Oh God, yeah, it's, it's you know. I'll go back now. I broke my nose nine times. I had my ear ripped off. I broke my ribs. I broke my back. Wow. And it's all part and parcel of the game. I remember the first time against Rotherham, I broke my nose. The referee came over. I had long hair then, not now. He got me, <laughs> got me by the back of the neck. He says, oh, yeah, it's broke. Carry on. And, you know, <laughs> that, was, that was it. But nowadays, if you go up to one of these players and ruffle the hair, woof, they're down and, you know, physios on everything and, oh, I mean, I mean, just going back to that game, you know, for the, for, for the people that didn't really know it, you know, I'm, I'm, it was, uh, we, we should have beat them. I, I guess we were big favourites in that game anyway. Um, we went one up, Mark Wallinter got injured, uh, I think about the 20th minute. Um, Shrewsbury scored a couple of goals. Jock Wallace eventually decided that Mark Wallington couldn't go on. Um, so he took him off. Only had one sub in them days and um, no sub goalkeeper. So uh, Melrose came on, Jim Melrose came on. And uh, by all accounts, from what I read, Alan Young went in goal, but you wanted to go in goal as first choice, Steve. And uh, and Jock Wallace said, no, you were too small. Yeah, he gave me some stick, told me to, to behave myself. Because uh, like in training, we used to, you know, have a go at it and it, it was good fun. And I felt like, you know, really up for it. But um, he looked at me, you know, the big Scotty is like, he started laughing, saying, get lost, get back on the wing. But then, unfortunately, like when Alan got injured, it was, you know, it was get back in there. And I always remember, because um, I took one over and I was telling all my mates to watch it on the match of the day. And, and they cut it. 
And like you say, I came out of goal, went straight down the wing, put one on for Jimmy Burrows, and yeah. you know, it's well, fantastic. It still makes well, the hairs on the back of the next stand up. Were you tempted, Steve, when Alan got injured and Jock came over and said, Come on then, Steve? You go, No, you, you had your chance. I don't want to do it now. <laughs> oh, it'd have beat me, beat me to death if I'd have said that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think I'm right. Sorry, that's Sue, thing, I, you know, that's the yeah, thing going back, and I'm I'm probably reminiscing that. But you had you know quite a lot of Scots there, and mm-hmm. it was like it was guts and it was determination and it was fighting everything, and and that's why Leicester was, was so good in those two or three seasons against the top teams because you go back to the early days of um, English clubs playing in Europe. The only reason we were successful was because we played the English way, and we were tough. We were aggressive, we were verbal and then the downhill slope started to come as well we're getting into Europe now, we'll start playing like the foreigners do and we've we've, we've lost that and I feel, even if it's for, you know, <laughs> you probably think I'm stupid but for a couple of seasons they just should they should just turn around and say right lads, everything goes it's just say it goes, you know what I mean bring a bit of excitement back, because I think a lot of the fans would love that well Craig have you got your question ready, sir? Yes. So, um, Steve, you know you know the answers, I'm going to say. And, and if you haven't, if you don't know the answers, then you've had one too many bangs on the head. Um, <laughs> so, so, we all know that uh, the game ended 5-2. The, the game was 2-2 at halftime. Melrose got a, a double in the second half and Lineker got a goal. What I want you to tell me, Chris... Who scored the two Leicester goals in the first half of that game? I have a feeling Larry May was one, wasn't he? Are you you confident enough that you're going to go with that, Chris? I'm going to go with the Larry May. Okay, I'll give you Larry May. Thank you. I've got one right. Finally, I've Mm. got one right. Um, ah. I know this one. Can I can I can I cheat and have a look over at his answers, sir? <laughs> no, I'm tempted. Was it you, Steve? No, no, it wasn't. Um, Andy Peak. No, no. I'm gonna. I, I, it's one of those. Then I can. I'm. I'm. I'm... It wasn't Youngie, was it? No. You'll, 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 you'll find out soon enough, Steve. This is the level of cruelty that I go to with Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I keep having him back as well, you know. <laughs> now, normally, somebody comes up and goes uh, and, and helps me out, as, as Rob has done here. That's wrong, Rob. Oh, Rob's wrong. Rob's wrong. Yep. I, think, I think we should defer to our, our guest this evening and say, Steve, tell us the answer. Tell him. I reckon it was uh, an own goal by a shooter player. It was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yes, there was an own goal, wasn't there? Yeah. There was. Pass, pass the keeper. Um, I'm not going to ask you to name who it was. No, it was no, own... I, I just, because I thought own goal, but then I thought it was at the other end. Oh, uh, I can say, I'm, I say I, I'm too young to remember the game myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he wishes. Uh, that was 
I think I said to you before, didn't I, Craig, that that year I was actually work, where I worked, there was me and another Leicester fan, and we, we worked Saturdays, and we couldn't both have the same Saturday off. Mm. So we had to go to alternate rounds of the FA Cup. And I was so happy because when I, I got to go, to the, if we got there, to the semi-final. But of course, I I missed that game. I was having I was having to work. And I still reckon we could hear you in the town centre though when we scored. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Steve, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. We are back on Thursday because we've obviously got two matches with a Liverpool preview. If you're free and would like to join us, you'd be most welcome. Yeah, no problem. Uh, if not, thank you very much, and you can help me with the answers. It'll, it'll be Team Steve from now on again. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you. So Cheers. All the best to your family, mate, and stay safe. And you. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Take Bye. care. Thanks to Steve there for joining us. Amazing to have him on. Totally amazing. Um, Craig, thank you very much as well. You're welcome. And we will see you again on Thursday at 7. We will. When we will be looking forward to the Liverpool game. They're coming thick and fast. They are, and it's a big uh, it's a big top four game. It is, it is. And a bit of a bogey team for us at the moment. Uh, just yeah. give me an easy question, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm quite impressed that I got one, and I should have got the other one. I should have got <laughs> the own goal. I'm annoyed at myself. I would say uh, have a good rest of the night, but I don't mean it. <laughs> Take care, mate, and uh, I'll see you on Thursday. Hopefully, when we report at the FA Cup. Indeed. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks to Steve and thanks to Craig for that. Um, yeah, I have to say thank you. I'm contractually obliged to say thank you to Craig, even if I, even if I don't mean it. Uh, Stephen, I do. I do. Um, we have a love-hate relationship, me and Craig. We love ourselves, hate each other. No, we don't. Seriously, we don't. Um, enjoyable as always, guys. Thanks very much, Stephen. Um, and thank you very much for that. Thanks to everybody for joining in. Um, I thank you for your help with the answer, but you didn't really help me, did you? Tomorrow night, we're back. <laughs> 7 o'clock again. We're every night. Saturday's a night off. Because it. Well, we've, got, we've got the FA Cup this week. We've got the Europa League next week. And, of course, we've still got the Premier League in the middle. Guys, are you up for the Cup? I think we should be. Let's win it this year. Let's not be the bridesmaid. I'll be back tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, with Scott, not Craig's son, but a fan from wearebrighton.com and we'll be discussing the game. Um, I'll be seeing him more times than my wife this year, I'll tell you. Thanks very much, guys. Stay safe. Remember, if you want to listen to us after this, you can get it on the podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple iTunes and Anchor at Leicester Till I Die and on YouTube, Leicester Till I Die TV. And you can watch us all over or listen to us all over again. Take care. Stay safe, guys. See you tomorrow night at 7. Bye-bye now. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.